All right, everybody, welcome in. You are locked in to the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. Guys, it's game day eve. The Eagles take on the Tennessee Titans tomorrow at Lincoln Financial Field at 8 o'clock. I know it's only preseason, but I don't even have to say that to you because I know you guys are as hyped as I am to finally see the Eagles hit the field. Who knows if Carson Wentz is going to play? Who knows how long guys like Fletcher Cox will play and Lane Johnson and Travis Jason, oops, Jason Kelsey, how dare I almost get that wrong. I was just thinking about fantasy football. I got my draft coming up, so considering if I want to go tight end early for the first time in my fantasy career, not so sure, but you know, guys like that on the Eagles offense and veterans on defense too, Malcolm Jenkins, doesn't matter how long they play because there are some exciting names to watch out for on Thursday. The young guys, the rookies, players that could make it or break it in 2019 that could right now, while they might not even make the roster, they could also end up with a big role on the team. We'll get into the names and everything to watch on tomorrow's edition of the show. But today, I want to get into our interview we had with host of the RPO podcast, Matt Neely, covering the Tennessee Titans. He also produces Titans left tackle Taylor Lewin's podcast called Bussin' with the Boys. It was a really funny podcast. We got into a lot about both the Eagles and the Titans, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it now. After the break, this is the Locked On Eagles podcast. Guys, today's Locked On Eagles podcast is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star. That's F-I-V-E star, not the number, F-I-V-E star to 87000 right now to learn more. Choose to start your business with five-star painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With five-star painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals, and you will go home Every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Last Doctor and Mr. Rooter. It's great to own your own business as someone that runs my own podcast here on Locked on Eagles, making your own schedules, your own creative ideas. It's great to own your own business. It's great to own stuff for sure. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, again, make sure you text five star, F I V E star to 87000 to learn more about how a five star painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going in it alone. Again, text five star to 87000. We thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Eagles podcast today. All right, everybody, we are back. This is the Locked On Eagles podcast, and I got a special guest now. It's a podcast I do follow. So, look, I know what happened with the Eagles and Titans last year, but the Chip Kelly stuff with Marcus Mariota in 2015, it it, it captivated me. Let's just be honest. Like, I was pulled in on the Mariota hype train. I wanted the Eagles to do the deal and move up to pick two and select Mariota. And when it didn't happen and he went to Tennessee – 
I have, you know, I'm, an, I'm a Mariota guy. I've watched a lot of Titans football, so I decided with the Eagles taking on the Titans on Thursday, kicking off the preseason at 8 o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field, I thought it'd be good to bring in the best Titans podcast out there right now, the RPO podcast, and I got the host on right now, Matt Neely. Matt, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on the show today. Louie, I'm honored. First off, I just, I feel like every person I know named Louie is from <laughs> Philly. <laughs> There's no one else outside of Philly, but like I, I like the Eagles. One of my best friends is an Eagles fan. But yeah, it's uh, dude, thank you. Yeah, man. I mean, for sure. And we got like these are both two. You know, they're interesting teams for sure. The Titans have been in the playoff race the past couple of years. They won a playoff game just two years ago. You know, last year you bring in Vrabel and Lafleur is the OC. Now he's in Green Bay as the head coach. Mariota health issues. There's been a lot of you know. A lot of stuff going on with Tennessee this year, and they're, they're an interesting team for sure. The last time the Eagles took on the Titans, man, I'm telling you, if the Eagles did not pull off that miracle at the end of the season to make the playoffs, this whole fan base would not stop probably talking about blowing that fourth and 19 that would have clinched the Eagles' win in overtime, dude. Like, that that game still gives me, even though the Eagles made the playoffs and it didn't cost them the season, that game still to this day gives me nightmares. Not only did they the Eagles make the playoffs, they deserved to win that game that they for lost sure. in the playoffs. I'll take that. And I, I, they they blew they had it in their hands against the Saints for sure. That is a complete team. And you're talking about people that live in Tennessee. I'm not a Tennessee fan, but I know Derek Barnett. Uh, he has Reggie White's sack record. Like I don't know how Eagles feel about Eagles fans feel about that, but like this guy is almost as beloved in Tennessee. I I would actually say more beloved in Tennessee than Reggie White, which really? is crazy. But I was in the end zone on like the tenth row, pretty much right in front of that uh, that catch, and I just want to say felt good, felt good for me. <laughs> I'm sure it had to, especially <laughs> Mariota connecting with one of your first round picks and Corey Davis, and yeah, man, that was a that was a tough one to swallow for sure, and especially seeing Marcus Mariota go off like that because the Eagles didn't have to wait long to get their guy after they. I think they missed out on Mariota. I think Chip Kelly actually did offer that crazy deal that involved Fletcher Cox and one of their quarterbacks the Titans could have chose from between, I mean, now it sounds ridiculous, but Sam Bradford and, you know, Mark Sanchez. So while Chip Kelly will deny it to his deathbed probably that he didn't want to do that trade, I think that they did miss out on it because the Titans wanted Mariota. I mean, they only had to wait a year to get Carson Wentz, but you kind of, you know, for at least from my perspective as a guy that really wanted Mariota and then really wanted Wentz, as an Eagles fan, you kind of wanted Wentz to get the better of Mariota that day, and Mariota had the game of his life. Yeah, that happens when uh, when Mariota's up against the wall. Yeah, but I I really think like at the time there were there was trades that were made like we got a king's ransom, we got Derrick Henry. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Austin Johnson. I could be wrong. Wasn't it Kevin Just, like, Dodd too? That didn't uh, work out. Well, well, I mean, we don't really talk about Kevin Dodd down here <laughs> yeah, anymore because right? he's out of the NFL already. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, the fact that he was taken over Derrick Henry is insane. But yeah, I, I think that it kind of worked out for everybody. And the Chip Kelly stuff, I I hundred percent believe it. But I actually wonder if that would not have worked out. Like I think that would would have worked. And uh, Chip Kelly may not be a head coach in the NFL anymore. But uh, you know, at, at Oregon, he was one of the most elite college coaches I've ever seen in my life. When the Titans originally, when they had that head coaching job open after Chip Kelly got fired by the Eagles, I thought, oh, there it is. Chip Kelly is going to reunite with Mariota, but it's going to be in Tennessee. 
Yeah, I hope no one searches my name, my at, and then Chip Kelly. Yeah, look, I thought, I mean, even for Mariota, it worked out. The Eagles won a Super Bowl two years later, but... Yeah, that that is working out, by the yeah, way. Yeah, That is... Like, you just won a Super Bowl. No, 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 trust me. I'm very happy with the result of the past three years. <laughs> I'm just, I love going back and thinking the what could have been. If I did a whole podcast on talking about if the Eagles did pull off the Mariota deal. I think it still would have worked out for sure with all of Chip Kelly's downfalls. I think with all of it, the failure to adjust his scheme after seemingly the NFL figured it out, the blaming execution, and but at the same time, in an offense that was figured out and he refused to adjust, he did not care about having talented players to execute. He thought his scheme would trump everything. But with all of that said, for me, not getting the quarterback to run that offense, not getting a mobile quarterback. He seemingly changed it all up and wanted pocket passers in that offense in the NFL, not getting the new Mariota or just Mariota in general. I think that's what did him in really in general out of all the things. I think that's why he didn't really pan out in the NFL. Do you think that like it's possible that maybe he was trying to get his guys in there and the ownership had a different vision and like Howie, I think Howie is uh, so comparable to John Robinson just in the way they conduct business, mm-hmm. right? Like they're so similar. They're just, they just – they move in silence, right? They don't release any of that, you know, who's hurt, whatever. They they just comply by the the laws at the furthest degree. But I think that that like – they're very comparable in that. But I think Chip Kelly flopped in the NFL because, I mean, I, I, I think it comes down to nothing more than being stubborn, right? Oh, for sure. And, it was one of his biggest downfalls. and But that also did him in, I think, with the quarterback position because maybe he didn't go as far as he needed to to get Mariota. Um, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, last it, time I, I checked, I, Carson Wentz is a good-ass quarterback. Well, but Chip Kelly refused to – But that, I mean, that was a Howie move, though. Chip was gone after that. He, right. His move to grab the quarterback was seemingly Sam Bradford. And that, that to me, again, with everything that <laughs> – That was, was bad. That problem, was bad. Yeah, I'll give you that. His cap management was bad. The signings of Byron Maxwell and DeMarco Murray were terrible. But everything – all of it was – it was a combination of his downfall. But to me, like, not getting the quarterback, not getting – Mariota could have saved his job and bought him, you know, some more time because the Eagles did give him the entire – roster but you know Mariota's in Tennessee now and I want to ask you about Mariota real quick heading into this preseason look Mariota 2016 an incredible season wins a playoff game in 2017 wills that Titans team he caught his own touchdown at Arrowhead an incredible block what with Derrick Henry behind him to get that game clinching first down a big step in 2017 too in the playoffs for him then last year he deals with that injury with his hand hard to feel the football could never really get into a rhythm under LaFleur in the offense what is the feeling around Marcus Mariota right now in Tennessee because from the national perspective I feel like he kind of has got lost behind all of the other young up-and-coming quarterbacks he seemingly now has almost fallen in the kind of with Jameis Winston I don't know if it's fair to put him with Winston but I think it's exactly fair I think really. So what what's your what's your sentiment on cars or on Marcus Mariota and the the fan base in general? Uh, I mean, I think that here's the deal um with Mariota. First off, I am a, a propaganda Titans fan on purpose. Like I I can't help it. So um uh, with Mariota with that win in Kansas City, that was a team win. That Mariota throwing the block to to seal Derrick Henry's run, that was a team Mm-hmm. first win and that's the mentality i think mike malarkey set there but when it comes to like him as a pro is he going to be able to handle it 
I think that there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it like uh, that he's had four different offensive coordinators, four different systems, or you can look at it like uh, he has outplayed all the setbacks. And the injuries are because he had a terrible line at some points, injuries to other players, losing his best receiver, which was Delaney Walker. I just I don't know how to evaluate him. Yeah, it's tough. But I know that Titans fans look at him like this. He's basically like the nicest person ever, the guy you want to succeed. More than – I think I rank him up there with Eddie George, Frank Wycheck. Steve McNair in people you want to see win. And when it comes to winning time, they get it done. Like Eddie George running over Ray Lewis. Uh, and then that, that getting a kick that sails over by three inches, the three inches that Eddie George stiff armed Ray Lewis over. And then you, you like see these things add up over time, but he's got one year to do this, right? Yeah. It's over after this year. Huh, if he wow. doesn't get it done. That's that's crazy. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, because it is, it's been a very difficult path. But at the same time, it's been up and down. Because again, 2016, he was the guy. You know, I remember Daniel Jeremiah saying of the players he'd start his you know franchise with at quarterback. Mariota was one of those players. And you know, now again, he has had multiple coordinators going in and out there on the offensive side of the ball, and then injuries too. But at the same time, it's hard not to. I mean, you do still see the flashes, though. I mean, that Philadelphia game, that is the Marcus Mariota that I thought was going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Also, too, in that game against the Patriots. So, man, that's interesting, though. You think after maybe this year, if it's the the continuous inconsistencies, Tennessee might, uh, you think they might look to move on? I I don't hope that. And I I think that it would be obvious that after this year, if he... If he can't get it done, I mean, he's in his his last year. He's going to be a free agent. You can either uh, franchise him or sign him to a long term deal. And I, I think nothing but the most of this guy. Like, let's not get this wrong. Marcus Mariota is a stud. And those games against New England, Philadelphia, Kansas City, I was there at all three of those games. I watched this guy lead a team down the field. There's something about him I I just find so interesting. He is, he is one of the most – I don't really know how to describe this. Just stoic and uh, yeah. and a guy you would want to go into war with, right. right? But there's a lot of things against him. Like I'm saying, I'm trying to be pretty transparent for Titans fans here. For me personally, this is my guy. He, he ran 99 yards for a touchdown. He went into Kansas City. I was there. That was like 14 degrees. I almost <laughs> I wanted to cry <laughs> when I first got there and waited for the game to start. Even yeah. though I did t- I did tailgate for like six hours before. There you go. Oh, With, that's um, on you, man. <laughs> no, that's 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 our guys out there. Um, yeah, for sure. Shout out to Titans fans, but like, there's uh, I think he's just super interesting. I think him and Carson Wentz are super relatable, and I also think that like the Eagles and Titans are very similar outside of the fact that the Eagles have had success uh, multiple times over over multiple decades. We, we saw T.O. come back with a broken leg and just play through a game. That was insane, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, they won the Super Bowl surely by being a better team than the Patriots. Like You have to be a better team to beat Tom Brady. The Titans have had no luck 
at putting together an entire team. And I think now they're getting really close. They are. But it's also coming up on the time where there's a contract extension in line for him and Derrick Henry. And I think everybody in the NFL looks at Derrick Henry and says, that's that's the guy I'd want on my team just because he's huge. But I think Marcus Mariota is the guy I'd rather have. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I agree with you. I really like what the Titans did in this draft class too with Simmons. And, you know, I wasn't the, the craziest A.J. Brown guy, but I think for what he's going to be in that offense, another weapon with Corey Davis. And, you know, you brought in Adam Humphreys too over from Tampa Bay. And I really like Derrick Henry. I think Deion Lewis, that's a great one-two punch. Their defense is, it's kind of like for me, the Buffalo Bills defense where there's not a lot of big names but even like a Jarrell Casey, I think, is severely underrated at defensive tackle. They're pretty close, and you're right, though. It's tough now. It's like they got to be so hoping that Mariota does get back to that 2016 form, and he puts it all together in 2019 so that they can move forward with this because with, with as talented as the roster is, if Mariota doesn't pan out this year, all of that kind of, you know, you have to take a step back and almost not redo, but take that step that step back and try to find that next quarterback, which for some teams takes forever. I, I disagree with you on that. Okay. I think that you've got a guy, Kevin Byard is the best safety in the NFL. And yeah. uh, if you want to debate me, I will no, 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 uh, I'll no. kill Look, you. I, I like the Titans defense. <laughs> I, I just think I, I'm not, I'm not even saying that these aren't like good talented top tier players in the you, league. You don't, I just think that just because don't. they're in Tennessee that nobody really notices. That's totally fine. Roger Saffold's the best guard in the NFL. Uh, Taylor wants, in my personal opinion, one of the best in the NFL at left tackle. Kevin Byard's the best safety. There, there are things built on this, just like the Eagles did. And I just, I really believe that they are going to turn it around this year because also Mike Vrabel is, uh, I mean, he just, he just seems like he has it, man. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles turned it around super fast. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and it was and because of similar stuff. Yeah. And I think the Titans look at that. No, I, I think so. I mean, a lot of, it, it's kind of funny. A lot of teams are going down that route of, it almost seems like, and not, not for the, the Titans with Mariota, but a lot of teams with those young quarterbacks in that second year, you see the roster really soup up and try to take that next step. I mean, everybody right. thinks Cleveland is going to be that new Eagles that goes from a seven and nine for them, seven, eight and one record to, you know, hopefully a Super Bowl championship, which is what the Eagles did. I'm with you though. I've been picking the Titans to consistently make the playoffs the past, really since Mariota has been there. Um, it is interesting you say that a lot of people don't care about, cause I think that's, it does seem like that is the mentality there with, you know, a guy like Lewin, who, by the way, so the suspension's going on. And Dennis Kelly is one of your other reserves on the offensive line. Let me just tell it's you. my guy, dude. That's let me just my tell guy. You, I wouldn't have thought in a million years that the Titans would have won that DGB for Dennis Kelly trade. And it turns out that he might be a huge piece in, just getting you guys by until Lewin comes back and here DGB is out on the streets again, not with an NFL team. Dennis Kelly is a stud. You like Dennis and, Kelly. And I think, I think as much as how uh, Roseman has done, like for the Eagles, we have, we have completely murdered you guys in trades. DeMarco <laughs> Murray was fantastic Yikes. for that year. Yeah. He flipped that. He completely flipped the script on what this team was. Because the Titans were, they had nobody. I'm talking nobody. And now they flipped him for DeMarco Murray, who had a fantastic Pro Bowl year. When, like, honestly, 
one of the most unsung heroes in Titans history. I think we'll look back at it and be like, well, the culture changed. And then Dennis Kelly, a guy that I, I personally know, just an absolute great guy, stud, put him at, put him at guard. He could probably, he could probably handle it. He played right tackle, left tackle. He'll be fine the first four games. I have full confidence in that guy, man. Maybe not, uh, you know, it may not work out against you guys on Thursday, but uh, I, I really love Dennis Kelly. I, I, I never knew, you know, I haven't really checked up on him since that trade. All I know is Doriel Green Beckham was the ultimate <laughs> atrocious. I mean, and, and it stinks, man. That was one of my, my one of my bad takes in sports for sure, that I thought DGB and Carson Wentz was going to be like a future connection in Philly, and that just <laughs> – that hit the fan really, really quick. I'll tell you what this – honestly, he uh, – Man, when he was on the Titans, he had a couple moments. Yeah, he had he a did. great touchdown catch, which was, looking back at it, probably luck. Uh, but, man, it kind of looked like y'all got burned on that. Yeah, that was a – Just a little bit. He just yeah. – he didn't have it mentally. No, he didn't, and just the drops. Physically, though. Yeah, I mean, when you have a guy with that amount of size and catch rate – I mean, look, like Alshon Jeffrey is what I was hoping Doriel Green Beckham was going to be. So the Eagles didn't have to wait long to replace him, much like Mariota with Carson Wentz. But – yeah, that was uh, that was one of my bad takes, and now Dennis Kelly here he is in a big role with the Titans now with Lewin out for the first four weeks of the season, and you know DGB's out on the streets. Uh, let's transition here over to this game on Thursday. I want to ask you a quick question about Jarrell Casey. Do you think he's going to play? And why I ask because the Eagles right now are without one of to me. There, you talked about Saffold being one of the best guards in the league. I think Brandon Brooks is right up there too. Since 2016, he's only allowed one sack according to PFF. He tore his Achilles against the Saints. He is coming back pretty quick, though. After six months, he is you know practicing on a limited basis, but probably for the first few weeks, probably maybe the first month of the season, they might be either going with Stefan Wisniewski or one of their, you know, kind of like Dennis Kelly, a swing tackle in Halapuli Vaitai, who played left tackle when they won the Super Bowl, has played right tackle in place of Lane Johnson. I think he's going to get the nod at right guard to start against Tennessee on Thursday. And look, that could be a big test with Casey out of, you know, to start off the season. Do you think he's going to play? I would be shocked to see Drew Casey, like, be an impact player yeah. for for this game. I, I, I don't think we should look too far into what's actually going to happen in this game. I think we want to see some looks. I think mm-hmm. the given like one series for each quarterback would be fine. Um, Dennis Kelly is more than a swing tackle, by the way. He's uh, I, I would call him like a, it's tough to find the words, just fantastic. I couldn't find the words. So I just said fantastic. Uh, versatile. How about that? Yeah, that's fine. But isn't that what a swing tackle is though? Mm, not I mean, really here. Swing lineman, maybe. That might be the better. Phrase. Let's just say. Let's just say good. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I don't think that we're gonna see much that we should. Uh, I don't know. Like looking at it, there's no reason we should look too much into this game. No, I, I think look, Carson Wentz might not even play. Doug Peterson said at his press conference today that he hasn't decided yet, but he might want to make those reps deeper, a deeper dive into the evaluation of Nate Sudfeld, who's hopefully going to replace Nick Foles this year at backup quarterback. They drafted Clayton Thorson in the fifth round. He's at a brutal camp. So, you know, you hope to see some more positive things with him as he pushes Cody Kessler for that third mm. spot for me more. So yeah, again with the preseason, like I don't really care about 
seeing what the starters do. For me, I hope the Eagles starters on both sides of the ball don't play more than one series. After seeing all the catastrophic amount of injuries they suffered in 2018, I just want to get through this preseason healthy. Four games to me, again, is ridiculous. It's something the it's NFL, so stupid. Yeah, NFL so fans stupid. have been, we've been calling for this to end for, I mean, as long as I've been a football fan. So yeah, health is the big thing. But with Big V at right guard, I mean, Casey would be a good test to start out because he has never really played guard. You know, I, I think Fletcher Cox, probably just because Aaron Donald is like the, the golden child of the NFL right now. I, I think, you know, with Barnett too, like Fletcher Cox, I thought those guys like don't get there doing the NFL. But Drell Casey is just, he's another level too where he's right there in that tier with defensive tackles. But I almost never hear anything about him. <laughs> that's because he's on the Titans. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like that's the theme, man. Yeah, that is that is literally the thing. <laughs> like it's it just it sucks because it's such a good excuse, right? But yeah. these guys are fantastic. They make the Pro Bowl every year. But the Eagles have have players on both sides that are very similar. And it just you know, maybe this is the Titans year, but until then, I mean it's just gonna end up being the same story that you as an Eagles podcaster uh, fan, whatever, that that's the same thing. I mean, you know how it feels. And yep. every Eagles fan knows how that felt when they had players that were fantastic for years and just never got anything. Even in Philly, which is crazy. Yeah, because it's a bigger it – It's, a, it's, yeah, it's it a wild. No, it, yeah. I think you look at a guy like Brandon Graham is very similar in that way where PFF, the emergence nasty, of PFF Nasty finally, player, dude. Yeah, nasty the emergence, player. The emergence of pro football focus has finally given him his due because the sacks have not shown up. So I, I do see that. I definitely know where you're coming from with Casey and Bayard and Saffold and Lewin and, you know, Derrick Henry and those kind of players. Delaney Walker, too, at tight end because they are in Delaney Walker's the GOAT. Delaney <laughs> so Walker's the GOAT. Is he going to be the guy I got at tight end this year? Delaney Walker is going to make the Pro Bowl, and I will <laughs> I will bet you right now 100 bucks. You don't have to pay me if I lose. I, like I promise you. I promise you right now. How confident? So you're a pretty confident guy in, in the Titans in 2019 this year. The AFC, there is a lot of teams, I feel like, though, that are on, like a, on a similar tier that are going to be fighting for those wild card spots. And a lot of them are in your division. Like, you look at, I can make the case for Tennessee. I can make the case for Jacksonville, for Indianapolis, for Houston. You guys are in a tough division. In a, in a conference, while it might not be as top-heavy as the NFC, there are a bunch of teams that I think are right in that competition for it could be like eight to nine teams competing for two spots and you guys are right in there i think like it's it's more overall like the league has done a great job which i do not give the nfl a lot of credit but they don't like as you probably know they do not give uh a lot of teams the chance to become dynasties like you've got to become tom brady right you got to draft that which that extension really hurt all of us, right? <laughs> but if you if you look at it like, oh, the Chiefs now are the good team in the AFC West. The Chargers are the good team in the AFC West. The Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans, the AFC South somehow has become good. Right. When it was the worst division. And it's it's like, okay, maybe they've done a good job. So I will give Roger Goodell and the NFL credit for doing that and creating some balance. 
But at the end of the day, I, I don't see a better defense on paper than the Titans or the Eagles in the NFC outside of the Rams. And that really comes down to good drafting and good salary cap management. So I think both of the teams that we're talking about today have it, but I just – it's kind of crazy though. You think about like the – Jacksonville Jaguars have like one of the probably the best cornerback in the NFL. It's not probably, it's definitely. Yeah, for sure. And you look at like the recent history with like Darrell Rivas, whatever, it's that could that could fade and they could become the London Jaguars, right? Well, and so two, like, if Nick Foles you know, doesn't pan out, I mean, you're right back to where you were last year where you right. have this Who's loaded their defense. quarterback? Uh, Chad Henney. So I don't see, you know. I didn't even know that. <laughs> exactly. But so, I mean, if Foles goes back to his Rams form or, you know, week one and two last year, Nick Foles, then they're right back to again where they were last year. It's like, man, we have this loaded defense and we just can't get it back to where we were in 2017 because of this quarterback position. But I mean, again, though, if Nick Foles continues that magical run that he had down the stretch the past two years, then Jacksonville to me is right back up there. So you're right. It, it is crazy how many teams are relevant in the NFL this year. There's only a couple teams I can say that I just don't think have a shot. And the ones that come to my mind instantly are the Giants, um, maybe Miami, I would say. <laughs> I, I, bet that's, I bet that's the first one that comes it, to your mind. Yeah, it is exactly the first one that comes to my mind. You know, uh, Miami, I would, I would say – Miami for sure. Man, I'm number struggling one. outside of that. Tampa Bay probably. I'm not a big Tampa mm, Bay guy. I actually think they're a sleeper. Really? But that's the yeah. Thing, I just like, I, you I, can just, even make I don't want to bet against quarterbacks that have a contract on the line. Ooh. So oh, so you're. Oh, man, I man. I'm telling you, I'm not a Winston guy at all. I can't. I can't buy him. You have no idea how much I'm not a Winston guy. <laughs> so you just. But he's this- he's not gonna. I I just I I'm not betting against someone. That's gonna come out and play against a year they have money on the line. So even if you can make a reasonable case for Tampa Bay, like there is maybe I can on one hand we can say how many teams realistically probably don't have a shot this year. I think with the Cardinals are still a couple years away. Although even them, if Kyler Murray ends up being this ridiculously good quarterback this year, they have a lot of weapons on offense. They have some pieces on defense. I don't know. I mean, even Arizona. So it, it is cool, though. You're right. It is really interesting to see. You uh, stole oh, my sleeper. Arizona's your sleeper. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Louis, I'm so mad at you right now. Like, hey, that's man, not fair. We think alike. Maybe we're smart. Yeah, maybe we are smart. Or maybe we're just <laughs> the complete opposite, considering I like DGB. Um, you mentioned... Oh, uh, my God. How can you like it? Oh, never mind. Never mind. We, we talked about... Uh, you, you mentioned... We were talking about some of the rookies here, and... How, you know, you said with building the draft classes, good cap management, which both of these teams have done a good job with, especially with the Eagles now, even with the Wentz extension, they're in really good shape. Most of their core is locked up for another couple seasons, but you got to get those inexpensive rookies through. And the Titans 2019 class consists of, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State, someone that we talked about, me and my co-host Gino on Lockdown Eagles, really, really liked as a potential option next to Fletcher Cox. Um, You know, A.J. Brown, you grab Mariota, another receiver, trying to max him out this year and trying to make sure that you know what you have in Marcus Mariota this year by adding him another receiver. You know, you bring in also uh, DeAndre Walker from Georgia. Are you excited to see these rookies in the preseason? I think that at least for the preseason, the one exciting part of it is to see these rookies on the field for the first time. And I don't know, man. I, I don't know about you, but I kind of like Tennessee's class. I think that like that's the only thing 
to be excited about, especially in like week one of the preseason. Um, a long from West Virginia, that's my guy. I, I think he's going to stick. I don't know. Like, I, it's it's tough right now, but A.J. Brown has been dealing with injury problems yeah. his whole career, right? So mm-hmm. who's to tell if Matt Calf was the reason that he was open sometimes? But if you look at that, if you look at like what he did on the field against one-on-one first cornerbacks, this guy's a stud. So I I tend to believe that John Robinson and the Titans know what they're doing. Uh just because he's really not made very many mistakes outside of Kevin Dodd. Um <laughs> Kevin Dodd sucks. Dude, I'll <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Like he's trash. But um yeah, I I just think that Maybe evaluating a wide receiver is a little bit more difficult than most people think. Eagle traded for, like you said, DGB. Mm-hmm. He looks like a stud on paper. Right. Uh, but how he's pretty much hit with Al Galore, right? I, I think that's a hit. Mm-hmm. I think that. I mean, and not even just that. I mean, just finding the guys through other avenues, too. Bringing in Alshon Jeffrey on a prove right. deal and then extending him after he has a great 2017 season. He's a playoff hero. And then, you know, you trade back for Deshaun Jackson, who I think is going to be perfect for Carson Wentz this year. But you are right, though, at the same time. I'm pissed about that, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, yeah? He would have fit perfectly in Tennessee. So that's the thing, though. Receiver is harder to evaluate. Guys like Aguilar, he had the worst start of, of an NFL career in the, his first two years that I've ever seen a player have. I, I wanted him gone in that 2017 offseason. Now, and you I can't, think, and you definitely drafted him in fantasy. I uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't take Eagles, Matt. I'm not a what in fantasy football. I one of my philosophies is that I'm not, I don't I don't want Eagles on my team because when I'm watching the game, the last thing I want is Carson Wentz running a touchdown. I'd be like, oh yeah, hey, look, that six points for me right there. <laughs> so that's one of my that's one of my philosophies I like to stick to. Okay, I hate that. By the way, <laughs> so uh, let, let's get into something real quick. So you're the host of the RPO podcast, but you also help out with. Uh, so what you're you're doing busting with the boys too, right? With Taylor Luan. Yes, I have been uh, a producer and social media. I guess manager. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you meet Jalen Ramsey in person? I did, dude. I did meet like, Jalen Ramsey in person. He seems like like on the camera, like he's a crazy dude. What's he like meeting like actually in person? Man, way cooler than me. Like just a guy that you're around. And you're like, I would love this guy to be on my team. Like honestly, you just around him. You're like, oh, he's way bigger than. He's like the same size as Taylor Lewan, but skinny and uh, and just athletic and I, I don't know. He's a great player. We they all seem know this. Like, they seem like him and Luan seem like that'd be a great. Like I, I can't. I got to go back and listen to that because that seems like a great podcast. Those two <laughs> together. You haven't listened to it, have you? No, not yet. Not yet. I got to though. Matt Neely joining us today on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. He is the host of the RPO podcast, also producing Taylor Luan's. Bussin' with the Boys podcast as well. Matt, uh, before we let you go, give your plugs. Where can everybody find your content on Twitter, on the podcast? This is your uh, this is your shameless plug of the episode. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just follow Bussin' with the Boys. All right, Matt Neely joining us on today's edition of the show. Again, great stuff. Make sure you check out Bussin' with the Boys with Taylor Lewan. And also, subscribe to Matt's podcast. It's the number one Titans podcast out there, the RPO podcast. Matt, uh, thanks for coming on the show today, man. Yeah, dude. Anytime.
All right, good stuff there from Matt Neely of the RPO Podcast, one of the best Titans podcasts out there. He's a funny guy, man, for sure. And uh, I get his feeling towards the preseason. I like his optimism about Tennessee. I really do. As much as that game last year tortured me and, you know, Eagles fans everywhere, Tennessee does have a, to me, a sleeping giant roster in the AFC based on their defense with Jarrell Casey. And, you know, we talked about, we daydreamed about Fletcher Cox with, Jeffrey Simmons and how you know now with Malik Jackson too it's kind of the same effect where him and Fletcher Cox like up the middle oh my gosh you know it's going to torment offenses in the NFL it's going to be the same thing in Tennessee with Casey and Simmons when Simmons comes back from that that torn ACL and yeah they got fired and on on offense too I believe in Mariota still I think with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis in the backfield now you have hopefully Corey Davis comes into his own in year three you have Humphreys in the slot you have AJ Brown I don't know how those two are going to get along because I feel like you know on the field of course how they complement each other because I think AJ Brown's very similar to Jordan Matthews where I don't see how well he translates to the outside full time in the NFL but He's dealing with injuries like Matt said, so Tennessee's an interesting team, though. They have a really, really good offensive line. Um, I'm definitely not as big a fan as Dennis Kelly as he is. I'm surprised that he's as big a believer in him in Tennessee, but uh, they're going to need that belief for sure for the first month of the season because Dennis Kelly is going to replace Taylor Lewin, likely, at left tackle, And uh, but regardless of their of their belief in Dennis Kelly or our criticisms they definitely won that trade for sure Kelly is still on the roster and DGB has not been with the Eagles now what's going on a third season and he's not in the NFL anymore so yeah that's that's one of my brutal NFL takes for sure I uh I believed in Paxton Lynch I believed in Doriel Green Beckham I've had some bad ones but I've also had some really damn good ones too so you know you win some takes and you'll lose some. But once again, thanks for Matt joining the show. We'll be back tomorrow for some things. to. I'm going to get deeper into the game tomorrow. Some matchups to watch. What players to watch for on Thursday. We have a game, guys, in one day. The Eagles take on the Tennessee Titans tomorrow at Lincoln Financial Field. I cannot wait. We finally have Birds football to get into. We'll have a recap as well on Thursday night. So you got a lot of podcasts coming your way right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Please subscribe to the show if you're not already just tell siri just tell alexa to play locked on eagles also follow us on twitter at locked on birds and at dibiase loe you can also hear all the shows on locked on eagles.com all right that's going to do it for me louis dibiase signing off as always thank you for downloading thank you for listening and let's go birds